hello, hello, hello. This is the podcast called Become a Calm Mama, and I am your host. My name is Darlene Childress, and I've titled this episode Simplifying Your Life, <laughs> which is a pretty grand concept, right? It's like, wait, what? You're going to simplify my whole life? And I'm not, actually. I'm going to just kind of guide you or share with you my routine when my kids were in elementary school. They're older now. I have one kid who's about to go to college. I have another one that's a senior in high school. And so, of course, our rhythm looks very different. But in those early elementary school and middle school years, I ran kind of a tight ship. (laughs) And um, I really had established a very peaceful and easy rhythm for my family that made it so that we could get places on time. I wasn't like always, you know, forgetful and forgetting everything. And, you know, I didn't, I just didn't feel that stressed about sort of the routine and rhythm of life. And I I realized that that's actually probably one of my natural giftings or skill sets. And as I've coached lots and lots of moms through the years, I realized that not everybody is necessarily thinks that way, like thinks in time or thinks in, in systems and patterns. And that's fine. Like you don't have to be like that. There's no reason for you to, to change or to become a different person. But what I've noticed is that in some of my coaching sessions, if I just sit with a mom and I sort of lay out and guide them through a, a day or a rhythm or a routine, that just the act of thinking about it and me sharing how I structured my day or how I structured time will help the parent that I'm working with have a better, okay, like that's a good rhythm. That feels good. Something that maybe isn't innate to them that might be innate to me. If I share it, then it's like, oh, that's such a good idea. I hadn't thought about it. And I'm going to, you know, practice that or try that with my family. So I thought I would do an episode just on how I structured our days based on like the mornings, how I handled lunches, what we did in the afternoons, um, how I handled dinner and, and tidying up. Because those kinds of homemaking, kind of real nuts and bolts parenting stuff is the stuff that's really, really frustrating. And yes, we can do mindset and we can, you know, practice the connection and compassion and all of that. But like, actually, how do you get dinner on the table every night? Or how do you get your kids to clean up or things like that? Not even how to get them, but just like, when do you do it? That's sort of what this episode is about. Like, when do you do it? So I'm going to invite you, I'm going to say a bunch of different tips. Like this is just like almost like a giant tip sheet. And so if you want to, you know, stop right now and get a piece of paper and like start to chop, you know, write down things, that's great. Or you can just kind of listen and just flow and hear how I structured my time and then decide um, like maybe one or two things, pick your interest or pique your interest. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm going to do that. But you don't have to like do all of it unless you want to. That's great. Um, But I just wanted to let you know that this is going to be a jam-packed tip episode and just take what you can, leave the rest. This is not a to-do list, okay? It's not, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be done. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just sharing with you how I did it and why I made those decisions and how it worked for me. So let's get into it. I'm going to start with the mornings. My goal in the morning, 
like school days was to drop off the most regulated human that I could. That was my goal. And I sort of structured our entire morning of like, how can I create the most peace and the most ease so that when they go to school, they feel calm and, you know, grounded. Uh, I've just, no, I noticed, I noticed with my kids that if I had a harried morning, I was really stressed. I was yelling at them. I was frustrated. I was like, you know, barking at them. That's what I call it. Like barking at them. Then they would, we would drop off and it would just, they would have kind of a hard day. Like it would take a while for them to get back to that regulated space in order to learn. So I tried to keep my mornings pretty chill, very low, um, low maintenance. And so how does, how did that look? The first thing was I really wanted to have a few minutes with each kid while they were waking up. So with Lincoln, he was easy because he was a real big sleepy head and I woke him up at the last possible minute. We always left the house. The goal was to leave at 8 a.m. and I would wake him up around 740. He did not need breakfast. He was not a kid who was hungry in the morning and he really just needed to like change his clothes and put on his, um, brush his teeth and put on his backpack. Like it was pretty simple, but I would focused on making sure I went in and I woke him and I gave him my eyeballs and a little bit of goo and like was kind of just in that sleepy state when he woke up. So I tried to do that with him. And then with Sawyer, he was oftentimes already awake and he was, he was a real early riser, like at five and he did not come to wake me up. That would not go well for him or me. And so he would kind of play in his room. He, he had, we had a young, we had a dog then that was really close to him and he would just roll around with his stuffed animals and he would be in his pajamas when I would wake him. So the first thing I would do when I would be, I would go in with him, I would visit with him in his room or if he was already in the playroom, I would visit with him and then I would transition him right into getting his clothes on. So that was sort of the first task for both boys was get dressed. So we didn't lounge around in pajamas and play in pajamas. Um, As soon as mom was on the scene, it was time to get dressed. So that was one of the first things that they would do is get dressed and brush their teeth. So I had them do that at the same time, get dressed and brush your teeth, right? In the mornings, we did not use devices or have TV. And that was really, really on purpose because I did not want to get anybody to like get into something and then need to stop and get back out of it. That's also why once I was up, there was no playtime either. So if my son, my younger one was already playing, I would kind of gather him, take him out of the playing area and get him dressed and then at the table to eat. So I made really easy breakfast. Some of you might find this offensive, but you know, we did instant oatmeal. I did frozen waffles. I did yogurt, kind of like ready-made stuff that I just needed to reheat. Sometimes if I had made muffins or we had some kind of baked good, I would add that with maybe yogurt or, you know, frozen waffles with peanut butter. i you know, would try to get some protein in my boy, but I just needed him to make sure he had some food in his belly. The school that they went to, they had snack and then lunch and then pickup. So I wasn't that concerned if they didn't eat breakfast because there's another meal two hours from then. So I didn't really stress that much. I just wanted to get, you know, give them some food. They didn't eat it. They didn't eat it. I just didn't make it a thing. I never really did warm food, like, like things that I had to cook. Like I didn't make pancakes. I didn't make eggs. 
I just, unless I had time that I woke up with enough time to do that, then I would add that in. But I didn't put any pressure on myself to make a beautiful smoothie or anything like that because I didn't want to clean it up. Um, so we would just kind of get, get up, get dressed, brush your teeth, eat breakfast, and then it was time to leave. Some other tips is that I always stored socks near the shoes. So we kept a shoe bin downstairs. Our house is two stories. My kids' bedrooms are upstairs. And I kept their shoes and socks downstairs near their backpacks. And, you know, typically you have like a sock drawer, right? And it's in the bedroom. But I found that I would get my kids dressed and then they would need to they wouldn't put socks and shoes on because they were still kind of around the house. And then that transition to socks and shoes, if they had to go back up to their room, it was like going to take forever. So I just kept a little sock basket in the laundry room. I always bought the same socks, same color, same size. Both kids had the same socks. That worked for my family because they were similar gender, uh, same gender and um, close in age. But if I had multiple kids in different Um, different types of socks. I would just have a sock band for each one. And then we had one pair of school shoes. (laughs) I'm not kidding when I say I kept things really simple. We had one backpack, one lunchbox, one sweatshirt, one pair of shoes. And um, I only had my kids only had eight pairs of shorts, eight t-shirts, eight pairs of pants, eight underwear. And I did laundry once a week. So keeping the drawers really simple so that when it was time to get dressed, it was just pull a t-shirt, pull shorts or some, you know, in the winter, pull a shirt. Um, I live in Southern California, so they only really ever needed a t-shirt and a sweatshirt. Rarely do they need more than that. So they would have, you know, a t-shirt, shorts, t-shirt, pants, eight pairs of underwear, whatever, 10 pairs of underwear, you know, just the idea was to keep the drawers very simple and that way decisions were made easily. The clothes were only favorites. They only were things that fit them. I went through the drawers often, lots of Goodwill, you know, or hand-me-downs that I was passing along whenever I realized that this shirt was too tight or this shirt was a, you know, shirt the kid didn't wear. I didn't keep it in the drawer. Um, You know, four drawers. I was like underwear at the top, t-shirts, shorts, and pants. And that was it. Um, if there was like special clothing that we needed to save, like, you know, dress up clothes and stuff like that, not dress up, but you know, nicer clothes. I had, um, I still have this, but a under this, under the bed storage for those kinds of clothes. And then whenever it was like an event or something, we would pull those out. So I really, you don't have to do that, but I am telling you, it made my life very, very simple. I don't know what it would be like if I had had girls who liked to have a lot of clothes, But we probably would have had school clothes and, um, you know, dress up clothes, like uh, fancier clothes. So there would be a school clothes bin and then, you know, clothes that you want to look fun in. And then I only had to wash wash the clothes once a week and it just kept things really simple for me. I also made a choice to not really discipline or teach my kids anything in the morning. So if I noticed a behavior, boys were fighting or you know, one kid didn't want to like get their shoes on or whatever, I would put a little note in my head like, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to talk about this later. But I would just would move the moment forward as much as I could through limit setting and and things like that. Like, hey, no problem. You can either wear your shoes or you can put them on in the car or, um, 
I'm happy to just send you with socks. You don't have to put socks on. I just like kind of move, avoided the conflict for the morning because there was just not enough time to have a big old thing. Remember, my goal was always to deliver the most regulated human as I could. So I wanted a gentle handoff. That's what I called that. So I was kind of looking for in the mornings how to just move this morning along without getting upset. Just like, okay, fine. Don't bring that. You don't need it. Okay, put that in your backpack. It's not a big deal. Just moving forward without creating conflict was my goal. We also... The kids had to be at school like 8.35 or something like that. Maybe 8.45. It was 8.45 actually. It was really late. And, but they could be there early and have like a recess time. And that started at 8.15. So my goal, instead of thinking that they needed to be at school at 8.45, I really just thought we need to leave at 8. So the goal in my head was to leave for school at 8. We lived 10 minutes away-ish. And so it really... And when I was looking at the clock and counting down and figuring out the time, my thought was that we needed to leave by eight, but it gave us a lot of wiggle room. So I didn't have our leave time backed right up to like the last minute. And it allowed me to relax a little bit. That way, if somebody spilled something or they had to go poop or uh, they realized that like they were supposed to bring of some silly thing to school or whatever, and they couldn't find it. Like we had a little bit of buffer time in the morning. And I also wanted to drop them off at 8.15, even though school technically started at 8.45. Just wanted them there so they have time to play, reunite with their friends, regulate their body, move their body around before they went into class. Now, every school is different. You know, some are, you know, where you can't, they don't have playtime or whatever. Do what works for you, but just recognize your kids have a lot of energy and they're going to need to like expend some of that energy. And I see a lot of kids in the morning, sibling fighting and conflict around, you know, power struggles and things like that. And it really is a way to move some of that, those big feelings, that anxiety around school and that frustration they have to go and that disappointment that they won't be able to keep playing. They have emotion in the morning and they need a little place to dump that. So if you have a structured morning and you get them out the door and they get to go to school or you walk even, that's even better, where you can walk to school and get some of those wiggles out is really powerful. So allowing time. So for my mornings, I just kept it as simple as I could. Very simple clothes, very simple food, no extra inputs like toys or or TV and um, a lot of connection really tried to be present. Um, I didn't eat breakfast with them. That's not when I ate breakfast. So I would just be kind of making breakfast, putting it on the table, hearing, you know, their chatter about their dreams or their friends or whatever's on their mind. And that was also when I was making lunches. So let's get into lunches. Every afternoon, the rule in our family was that you could go to play after your lunchbox was on the counter. So I would say, you're welcome to play as long as your lunchbox is in the counter. And then I would also say that I would make lunches for lunchboxes that were on the counter by 3.30 or whatever. That's a little bit more advanced for this particular episode. But essentially, if I needed to have all of the kids' lunchboxes on the counter, 
so that I could empty those containers and put them in the dishwasher so that they could get cleaned and they were ready in the morning. So I needed that rhythm in order for my morning to work because we would run the dishwasher every night, no matter what, no matter how full it was, I would still run it even if it was on a small cycle because I needed the containers cleaned. So the rhythm in our family was the boys would come home from school most days. Even if we had activities in the afternoon, I would still try to get them home in between. That's not for every family, but it, it really worked for us because they would come home and they would do those chores. So what were those chores? They had to bring their lunch boxes to the counter and they had to empty the dishwasher. One decision I made early on is that I was not going to load the dishwasher during the day. I was only going to lo- load it in the afternoon. So bear with me for a second because some of you might not like this and you might not do it and that's fine. But essentially, I would have a full clean dishwasher in the morning and the containers would be clean and all the breakfast, everything would be clean. And then we would have breakfast and I would prep lunches and I would do all of that and I would just leave everything in the sink and I would drop the boys off and I would come home. Now, a lot of moms, um, this is all a stay-at-home mom world, by the way, this part, but a lot of moms will come home and then they'll do the breakfast dishes and they'll load the dishwasher. I didn't. I left that. And I left my lunch dishes in the dishwasher. And I just decided it was fine. It was okay for me to have some dishes in the dishwasher. I mean, in the, in the, in the sink. That's what I'm trying to say. And so I'm leaving everything in the sink. And I did not load the dishwasher. So then in the afternoon when the boys were emptying the dishwasher and emptying their lunch boxes into the sink, I was prepping snack and then they would be eating snack and I would then load up the dishwasher. So that way when I went to make dinner, the kitchen was still really tidy. But it really was efficient for me because I know as a stay-at-home mom for all those years, if I started to clean the kitchen during the boy, while the boys were at school, I could be in there for like an hour. Like it's so easy to putter in the kitchen and not get everything done or get anything done. So I just kind of chose, I wasn't going to clean the kitchen while the kids were at school. So I would make lunches while the, while they were, um, eating breakfast or like while Lincoln was still sleeping because <laughs> he, he really wasn't up. And, um, I made very, very simple lunches. So I would send Sawyer the same thing every day. He was always very picky eater. So I just sent him the same food every day. And um, then Lincoln, I kind of had like a rotating schedule a little bit of what I would serve to him. But he also had a lot of repeats. One thing about lunch is I remember asking my friend Becky, she had four kids and shout out to Becky. Um, But I was like, how do you do it? How do you make lunches like for all four of them? And she's like, Uh, they get the same thing every day. All four of them get a sandwich. And I was like, wait, what? You can just give a sandwich every day? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. It's not a big deal. And I was like, oh my God, like my mind was blown that you didn't have to like custom make gorgeous, you know, (laughs) bespoke meals every day for your children. So I, I did break, you know, I only had one to make a real meal for. So I, you know, I got sometimes a little bit like he'd have meatballs or 
whatever. He liked soup. He liked peas. You know, I would make whatever. He also didn't eat breakfast, so I had to kind of double it up. I had to have he had a good he had to have a hearty snack and then a hearty lunch. So his back his lunchbox was real full. Um, but I just tried to keep it as simple as possible. One other thing about lunches, well, I have two things. But one thing about lunches is a lot of parents make them at night. That's awesome. Like for my friend Becky, who's making a sandwich, amazing, right? Then she's done. She can just deal with getting four kids out the door. I, Lincoln liked hot food. He didn't really like sandwiches. So I could make a sandwich every day and he like literally wouldn't have eaten it. So I made him, I would warm up food while I was making breakfast. And then, like I said, like soup or meatballs or whatever. Um, and then he would eat that at lunch. So I made, bre- I made, um, I made all the lunches in the, in the morning and it worked for me. I'm also a morning person. So it wasn't that big of a deal. The last thing I was going to say about this, and this is probably also controversial, is that I didn't send water bottles. <laughs> I did when they were younger, like, I don't know, element preschool and like kinder first. And they were hardly drinking the water and there was they were always losing water bottles and it was so stressful. And I just kind of stopped sending them like almost like on accident And I noticed that it wasn't a big deal (laughs) that they could just go get water from the fountain at recess Um, and that they survived not drinking a lot of water all day long. And I also remember being a kid and like no water bottles didn't exist when I was a kid and somehow I survived. So I sort of stopped. I was like, I'm not sending water bottles unless it was like extremely hot or they were going on a field trip or something or they asked, but I know other moms who do send water bottles, their kids would fill them up and they would, their kid had to be in charge of it. So they had to get them out of their backpack, fill it up, put it back in their backpack. You can 100% let that be your child's responsibility. Even as young as six, you can be like, if you want a water bottle, be sure to pick, you know, be sure to fill it up. So for lunches, kept it simple, uh, had the containers there in the afternoon, loaded that in the dishwasher at night, ran the dishwasher every night. Now, afternoons, how did I keep my life simple in the afternoons? I hope, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. I don't know. Maybe you're loving it. Maybe you're like, this is really boring. I have no idea, but I'm just going to share it because I think it will help somebody. So like I said about the morning, I always had that goal of gentle handoff, right? Delivering the most emotionally regulated humans that I could. I had a similar goal at pickup in that I was all going to show, I was going to give my kids my full attention at the time of reunion. So I think about like these certain times of the day where our kids really need what I call eyeballs. So they need our eyeballs in the mornings. They need our, their, our eyeballs at drop off and then they um, at drop off at pickup and at bedtime. These are the hardest or most transitional points for our children. And it's usually the points of time when we're done or we're very distracted. So our needs are competing. We need our kids to be quiet and leave and don't talk to us. And they need our full attention and presence. So if you focus on that gentle handoff, if you focus on that good morning time, like that little bit of gooey time, you're going to have a better afternoon. So for me, I tried to be really present for our reunion. And that looked like 
if I was in a conversation with the moms at the pickup, that if my kid, when my kid came out, I would stop and say, excuse me, let me say hi to my kid. And I would stop the conversation. I would turn to the child, my kid, and I look at them in the eyeballs. And I'd say, hi, I missed you. And we would reunite and I would give them my attention. I really believe that that sort of set the tone for the afternoon, that I was on duty. It was like my work day had begun. I sometimes thought about my time as a stay-at-home mom as having two shifts, like a split shift. I was on from 6 to 8.30 in the morning and then again from 2.30 to 8.30. It's like a split shift. Now, of course, I was also working for my family during the workday you know, while, while they were at school, but it was kid-free time. So I had a lot of discretion of how I used that time. But if I was with my kids, I really tried to be focused and present with them, but especially at those times of reunion and separation. So most days, like I said, we came home after school and we did snacks and chores. My snacks that I served were like a fruit and a carb-like food. So I would have a fruit and a muffin or fruit and chips or crackers, something like that. Something that was sustainable that would give them a little bit of sugar and a little bit of carbohydrate to get them to dinner. Dinner wasn't that far off. Like this was like around 3.15, 3.30. And then we weren't going to have, you know, dinner till like 5.30 or 6. But it was only a couple of hours. If they were going to sports or something like that, I might serve a, a granola bar, like a Z-bar. Um, but I tried to keep Z-bars just for times when we were in the car, not really when we were sitting at the table. Um, now about like the afternoon. So we really only did one sport at a time, which is kind of how the schedule is set up, right? It goes soccer, basketball, baseball, right? Um, and if you do other sports like martial arts or things like that, that are all year round, recognize that that's going to be a pretty big burden on you and really think about whether you can handle that sort of a lot of transitions if you're going to keep up religious school or enrichment and a sport. So just thinking about that. So we tried to do only one sport at a time. I would always try to get my kids on sports teams with my friends <laughs> because I needed carpool help. I wanted as much carpool help as I could. And I had a very good friend named Kristen whose kids were similar age and we were consistently on, on the same teams. And that helped us a lot. We live close by and we could, you know, help each other out. Um, I would sign up for enrichment, like for extra stuff, if it's, if it worked for me, if it worked for my schedule and if, if we had it, the money in the budget, I was a little bit, I just wasn't precious about it. I didn't feel the pressure to make sure my kids had access to like every art class and every music and every tutor. And I don't, I just didn't want that busy of a life to be perfectly honest with you. And you know, they're great. They're great kids. Um, they're very emotionally healthy. So that was my goal and that's what I did. We went to the park. Our school got out on Wednesdays early. And so we went to the park. A lot of moms went to the park on Wednesdays. And so that kind of satisfied a lot of the need for play dates, especially with friends who live further away. I was okay with play dates as long as it worked for me. So if, if it worked for my schedule, if it worked for my other kid, um, then I would say yes. But if it didn't, I just say no. Like I, I, I really was fine if my kids played with other kids or not. And 
they like to be at home and play with their toys. So that was how we ran, um, I ran that. In the afternoons, most of the time was structured around play and, um, and sports, if we had sports that day. And the off sport days, those were open for play dates or just playing at home. Uh, I really believed in this, the slower pace for kids and to give them lots of time to play with their toys. And my kids played toys until they were like 11. So having time at home without device. So that was the other decision that we made is that there were no video games or TV on weekdays, um, primarily because it was just very hard to get them to do something else, like to get off of it. And I just didn't feel like there was enough time. You get home at 3.15, dinner's at 6.15, and then it's bed. It just was too rushed for me. Um, and it just, I don't know, I wanted them to have more more time without tech. So we did kind of a slow tech thing. Now, was I perfect? No, of course not. There were definitely times when I'd be like, no, let's watch a movie tonight. Or um, you guys can watch a show. You know, they, they've watched lots of shows. But it wasn't assumed that they were going to get it. So when they did get it, it was very exciting <laughs> and I could like actually get a real break. The other thing I didn't do in the afternoons was run errands. Like I didn't really take my kids to grocery shopping. I didn't take them to Costco that often. Um, they did some target runs with me, but not that much. Every Even with their clothing, I would go buy it and they would just have new clothes I, I didn't take them on errands, mostly because it wasn't that much fun for me. I would rather not, not, and just keep my life simple. So uh, when they were at sports, say one had soccer practice from four to five, and I had the other one with me, and sometimes we would run a little errand during that time, um, but I hardly ever took both of them on an errand. During that soccer, the, 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 sports times, I would, especially if they were both happened to be dropped off at the same time, I would like use that time for myself, you know, run an errand or read my book or call a friend or whatever. Um, but most of the time in the afternoon, I really thought of it as work hours. Um, and I didn't have a lot of expectation that I was going to get stuff done. The, this is, this episode's running long. So <laughs> I guess I just have a lot to say about it. Um, all right. So what dinner, how did I handle that? I sort of knew what I was going to make for the week, like on Sunday or Monday. Um, I would do some sort of like very, very generic meal planning. Uh, for years and years, I had like the same five to eight go-to meals that I served over and over and over again. They were uh, meals that I could do without a recipe. Um, or without a bunch of ingredients, things like tacos, burgers, pasta, teriyaki, stir fry, fajitas, roasted chicken with roasted potatoes and enchilada casserole. Simple, simple stuff that I could have, like most of it was, um, you know, freezer and uh, in the sh in shelf, shelf products. That made my life very, very simple and made dinner less of a, a drag. Um, so I know a lot of you have go-to meals like my friend Deb. She has go-to meals of just like, um, 
you know, wraps and hummus and veggies and stuff. And she wraps it up and then that's meal for her kids. My kids wouldn't have eaten that. So I didn't serve that, but whatever your go-tos are, don't be afraid to serve them over and over and over again. It's okay. You don't need to create a bunch of diversity in food unless you like it, but then realize that it's going to take a lot of time. I tried in the morning when I was doing breakfast, I trained myself to think what's for dinner tonight <laughs> so that I could thaw the meat. So if it was like turkey tacos or, you know, burgers, I would, you know, thaw the meat. Or if it was a chicken stir fry or something like that, I'd be like, okay, let me thaw the meat. Some of you use, um, all, your meat's not frozen. That's awesome. That's really handy. Uh, but I always got like bulk meat and then freeze it and then you have to thaw it out. So you kind of need to think about it in the morning. So I'd thaw the meat while I was doing, so doing breakfast and lunch and dinner all in the morning, but I would do all that thinking while I'm in the kitchen. And sometimes if I had the bandwidth or the thought to do it, I would like cook up a couple pounds of ground meat. I would do um, a bunch of chicken in the hot, in the instant pot and just have like cooked meat ready to go. That was always really handy. Sometimes I didn't have dinner. I would serve what I called calories for dinner. Kids would be like, what's for dinner? And I'd say calories. <laughs> and what I meant by that was just enough food to feel full. So it was like, that could be popcorn, cereal, sandwiches, fruit. I, I really wasn't that concerned about the quality or the, you know, the type of nutrient, just like calories, you know? So that was their dinner. And then most nights right after dinner, we went bath and bed. <laughs> there, the Dinner kind of marked the end of the afternoon and the end of the, the playing. So as soon as I transitioned my kids to dinner, like in that transition, they would be cleaning up their toys. They would be putting things away. And it was dinner, bath and bed. There were times where dinner was a little bit early and they could see they had a lot of energy and I wasn't going to get these two yahoos to get in the bath. Or if I did, it would be, you know, a flood. And so I could sense that energy was there and I'd be like, oh, okay, this is a day we need to get our sillies out. And so after dinner, especially in the summer or in a spring evening, we could go for a scooter ride, walk. We have a park that's like maybe a 15 minute walk from our house. So we walk to the park, you know, go on the swings for a minute, walk back um, we had a trampoline outside. There were times where they would, after dinner, play, like, but with their bodies. So we wouldn't go back in and start doing a Lego sesh or, you know, any anything like that, play circus or zoo or whatever. It would just be go move your body. So like big body movement is how I called that. Like you need to move your bodies. Um, and then we would go bath in bed. And Every once in a while, if dinner had been early or I could sense they were hungry, I would serve a before bed snack, um, especially when they were younger because dinner was even earlier because I was like so restless when they were like in preschool. By five o'clock, you're like, what's left to do? <laughs> so I would serve dinner. Um, and then, you know, 730, they're like starving again. So, you know, sometimes I do before bed snack, something very, very small. And, and then I would put them to bed. And now what, when I would go from dinner to like bath or dinner to taking them outside to run around, there wasn't a wall, always a lot of time to clean up dinner. And 
I knew that like it was best for me to clean up the kitchen before they went to bed. And I would say like, oh, I can't do it right now. They're so wild. I need to go take care of them. And I would go take care of them. And then I would get them back down to bed and, and all that. And I'd come to the kitchen and it'd be still like kind of a mess. And I just started to let myself off the hook. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to do that in the morning. And I would still run the dishwasher, but I wouldn't do the pans. Like I wouldn't always do the pans from dinner because I, I just would get too tired, to be honest. Now, in my circumstance, my husband was always at work. So he worked, he had a long commute and he worked 50 hour weeks and was not home on weeknights, just very rarely. He kind of came in right at the end of the night, like at, at, um, at bedtime. And so sometimes he would do the dishes. Um, and then other times, you know, I'd be like, don't worry about it. I'll just do them tomorrow. But I, I think that we have a lot of guilt or pressure that we have to have our houses perfect and clean. Like you have to have your sink cleaned all day and dishes done all day. And it just, you can drop some of that. Like it's really okay if you wake up and you do a couple pans. At least that was for me because I'm also not a night person. The whole point of my sharing this with you is that I want you to see that I built a rhythm that worked for me and that matched my energy and my family's dynamic. And I just decided that that was okay, that whatever I did was fine. And you can also decide that. You can decide to have simple food or you can decide to not do sports at all or you can decide to do playdates every night and take out every day. Whatever you do is up to you. But what I want you to know is that you need to find that out. And if it's something that is stressing you out, then take time to figure out what isn't working and find a better solution. And in that process, you're going to be able to find how to let yourself off the hook, give yourself permission um, not people please, not social please, just do what works for you and your kids because what your kids really ultimately need is for you to be calm. That's why this pro podcast is called Become a Calm Mama because I know that the more calm and regulated and peaceful you feel, the easier it will be for you to parent your kids and the easier it will be for them to comply and to be less stressed and to learn more and to ha have better friendships. Like all the things you want happen when you feel good. And so you have permission to do your life the way you want. I've modeled to you how I did it, areas where I like quote unquote cut corners and I'm on the other side of it saying like, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> it worked out. So feeling free, feeling empowered is what I want for you. And um, if you want any help with this, if you want to book a session with me and just talk this through, I'd be happy to. You can um, book in the show notes. There'll be a link. Uh, or you can go to callmamacoaching.com and, you know, connect with me that way. All right. As you head back to school, I just wish you the most peace. Um, don't forget about Back to School Shit Show. We will post a link to that episode in the podcast that was um, an episode I gave last year about the first week of school and how it can be insane. So just letting you know, back to school shit shows real. Give yourself lots of permission. Don't tackle more than you can. And 
give yourself permission to uh, take excellent care of yourself. I will talk to you next week. Have a great week.